I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Peace, 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 peace be with you. Peace, if you peace, want peace, some peace, peace, peace be with you, come peace, down peace, to peace, our place peace, where we are peace, selling peace, lots of peace, 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 uh, you're currently putting up with two in the think, think tank, tank. The show where we come up with five, five sketch uh, idea skis. Uh, I am Andy Tremblay Birchall. And I am Alistair George William Matthews. And uh, thank you ever so much. And I'm going to start by putting forward an idea that uh, is an outside idea. And obviously, Alistair. and it's not a sketch idea. This is uh, most unprecedented. It's a haircut idea. I've already tweeted it. If you, <laughs> fuck, not this thing. If you're in, oh. if you follow me, then you would know already what this is. But it's a new style of haircut where, and and you know, people are always looking for ways to to um, you know evolve the the form. Always. People are always looking for new ways to do haircuts, yeah. Alistair. And it's so a thing that I notice on a, on a, a day-to-day basis. It's, it's a the hair- constant invention. Yeah. Of hair. Of hair. Right? And look, at the very least, somebody on a catwalk could you you know, somebody who designs for catwalks might need something like this. Yes. And the idea is that you cut your hair in such a way so that it looks like you've got a little toddler's T shirt laying on your head. Right? So now I look I my girlfriend, she didn't support the idea when I brought this up to her. Because and that's because initially I said I was just saying a regular T-shirt, right? And and the way that it works is that your sideburns are the sleeves, right? And so she said, go and put a T-shirt on your head so that you can see what that looks like. And then I did. And to be honest, it looked silly with a regular size T-shirt, mm-hmm. right? Because it was very big. It dangled probably down to my chin. But I'm not saying that this wouldn't work. I'm just thinking the but way... you're a good creative person. Yeah. You, you took that on board and you went back to the drawing board. You made it a toddler's T-shirt. Toddler's T-shirt. And okay, so you got the you got the kind of whole front front part over you know like above your forehead, and then you got the back the bottom you know the big hole where you put your body in and everything goes in the part you dive into, right? That goes at the back of your head, yep, like that. And so it's like it's facing you know it's facing out, it's facing it's like you're showing God a T-shirt, right? But then I put it on my head. My girlfriend still thought that it looked stupid with a t- toddler T-shirt on my head, but what she wasn't picturing is that she wasn't picturing it made of hair. Right, the whole thing is made of hair. It doesn't look like a T-shirt. It's not colored to look like a T-shirt. It's just shaped like a T-shirt over the head. Can I suggest something, Alistair? Yeah. What do you think about the idea? And maybe you disagree with this as sure. the inventor, and it's going against your vision. Yeah. But what do you think about the idea of drawing little hands at the bottom of the sideburns mm-hmm. that are the sleeves on your head, so that like it, it looks more like like a, a sort of a hollow corpse of a child. Well, look. Um, which I assume is what you're trying to achieve. No, I'm not trying to achieve that, Andy. And I do think that it perverts the idea. First of all, because 
Um, you're not trying to make your head look like a torso. Right. right? You're just trying to make it look like there's a, there's a T-shirt resting yeah. on top of your yeah. head. Uh, second of all, a hand is not just going to stick out of a toddler's T-shirt. There's got to be some arm. There's actually got to be a I fair bit of arm. I was picturing a long sleeve T-shirt. This is a short sleeve T-shirt. Yeah, Andy, of course it's a short, short it's sleeve T-shirt. It's not going to work. Alistair, your idea is crazy. No, it's not crazy. It's it's a natural evolution because at some point people are going to try to find both new ways of using the T-shirt and people are going to try to use new ways of using your hair. Yeah, right. Right? And and everything in art is about making one thing look like another thing. Mm-hmm. And what's one thing that hair hasn't looked like yet is a T-shirt. And it's a thing that is so close <laughs> is so close to hair that it, everyone's going to be like, why didn't we think about it already? T-shirts are so close they're to so, hair? They're, well, they're physically so close to the hair a lot of the time. Right. And they also keep our naked skin warm. Yeah, which I guess is kind of what hair does. Yeah. Yeah. I um, Look, I'm sort of coming back around to this idea. I like your... Your contention yeah. that you know art is just making things look like other things, yeah. um, and <laughs> more meaningful things, and, and t-shirts often have like slogans and stuff on them. Would this have slogans on it? No. Do you think? no. Well, it could be. I guess. Look, I'm not ruling out a whole because I'm creating a whole new art form, a whole new style of hair. Yeah. Well, I, I guess you also want to leave room for people to within that invent things. Yeah, so I, let, let's not start with the. Slogans, and then people can do that down the. You got to leave right? some meat on the bone so that mm-hmm. people have, because or else there's no incentive for people to go in to a new style of hair, <laughs> other than you know what, like getting to look like you know getting to look like a person who's got a mm. hair T-shirt on their head, but like you want, I want to bring innovators in, and in order to bring innovators in to this style of hair, you got to give them something to innovate. Because if I if I just completely yeah, prescribe do, everything. Yeah. You're like Google making the Android platform, okay? Yeah. You want to leave it open to the developers mm-hmm. to, you know, work within that space. Okay. Now, here's an idea that you may not have considered. Sure. And this, I think, could work in your favor, Alistair. So, you know, um, in tennis, they wear T-shirts, right? But yeah, okay. But tennis tournaments, there's very often really... L- strict limitations on the logos that you can have on those T-shirts. But I reckon you found a little loophole because I don't know if they will have considered the idea that that T-shirt could be on your head and made out of hair. Yeah. Right? So I reckon you get get this idea to Nike or Adidas, Mm. right? And now you you say, guys, I'm playing in an upcoming Grand Slam Mm -hmm. and I want to have your logo front and center on my T-shirt real big. They'll say, you're wasting our time. We can't do that. We've yeah. tried. We've tried everything. They're it can't ye- be done. They'll probably yell at you for yeah. calling them They'll say, them get out of my office. Yeah. Okay, this is ridiculous. You know, and then you... Um, well, I guess they won't be that angry if you went to them. Yeah. Well, if you went well, to their yeah. office. I Maybe guess they get still... angry all the time. Especially guess, yeah. they probably had their hearts broken before with this kind of thing. Yeah, I suppose that's right? a And then you, you say, I'm sorry for wasting your time. You take a little bow. What do they notice? Top of your head, T-shirt. Oh, my God, yeah. Logo right there. Yeah, and it says, like, on top of your head, it says your ad here. Yeah. Your logo here. On this T-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> and they go, wait, what am I looking at? And they go, holy shit, is that a T-shirt just resting, a toddler's T-shirt resting on your head? <laughs> they go, wait, no, that's that's hair. It's perfect. <laughs> now, also, I wonder, because because, you know, 
it's possible that maybe the the tennis people have thought one step ahead of us mm. and they've made the rule sort of a blanket rule against companies' logos. No matter what the hair is made, no matter what yeah. the t-shirt's made out yeah. of, if it's made out of hair, if it's sort of, it's just folded skin or skin, like a skin imprint. Yeah. You know, like on your leg or something like that. They, you know, they, you know I, like when you... thought of all of this. Because you know, like when you sleep and you get like that imprint on mm-hmm. your face. Mm-hmm. But what if you were to get an imprint on your leg that purposefully to make it look like it's a t- there's a t-shirt on there? <laughs> Yet it's still a T-shirt. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> and you put a logo on that. Right, I've got a better idea. Okay, right? we're back to your logo idea. Yeah, uh, back to your head T-shirt idea. Okay. But the company, what do they do? They change their logo. Their logo is now the distinctive shape of male pattern baldness. Right? Wow. What have you done? You haven't broken any rule. Okay. Yeah. If the, Okay, say the tennis people, they want to stop you showing that logo. Yeah. They're going to have to cure your male pattern baldness. Mm -hmm. You win. That's right, yeah. They don't fix it. You get that logo out there on your head T-shirt. Yeah. You win again. And and I think that's kind of – and also the company wins. And that's what happens when you allow your company to be more flexible and change more readily. Mm -hmm. See, Nike couldn't do that right now because they're – they're so locked into that tick. That tick. That they couldn't advertise on the top of a head if the tennis company had already considered that hair t-shirts counted as a place where you can't put logos. <laughs> <laughs> but some new company that allows yeah. the changing of their logo very quickly yeah. uh, could do the, the, the sort of pattern. And this is the future. There's going to be a lot more of this kind of thing. You, you're mm. going to have to be much more flexible and adaptable in mm. like a digital marketplace or whatever. Yeah. So, you know, whatever the company is that w- is willing to make this leap, yeah. okay, Nike can't do it, no. but, you know, uh, Puma or Reebok. Reebok have almost nothing to lose at this They've point. They've got nothing to lose. <laughs> Someone comes into their office and says, Reebok, we got nothing to lose, mm-hmm. okay? I'll give you our new logo, the distinctive pattern of male pattern baldness, Yeah. okay? And they then, say, well, that's ridiculous. Where are we going to put that? I said, it's already there. It's already okay? there. Yeah. And then suddenly, hey, fuckos, you've got a billboard in every office in, in That's right. the world. And hey, fuckos, yeah. now people who are balding, mm-hmm. that's not a liability. That's an asset. Yeah. Okay. Now everybody's going to want to be balding. Yeah, absolutely. Probably LeBron James will go bald. Yeah. Shake your money maker. That's your head. That's your Shake head. Shake your head when somebody asks you, "Do you not want to do this?" Yeah, because you do. Because Absol- it's good and you'll make money. Exactly. That's your money maker. Your noggin. Your that noggin. Should be a, that should When people say "shake your money maker," mm-hmm. really, the most empowering thing you can do is to shake your head. Yeah, that's right. And you're, you're both, both declining their offer. Yeah. And reinforcing the fact that it is your mind that is your greatest asset. Andy, that is beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> Can you? <laughs> I almost made myself cry. I know. I am crying <laughs> through all of my orifices. <laughs> oh, an ass tear? Uh, Why, yeah. did you say ass tear or ass tear? Because those are very different things. Oh, yeah, I'm but sorry. one would make the other sting. <laughs> um. <laughs> Um, which would make you cry more. Which would make it cry more. Which make would make it, cry, it sting more. Sting more. Oh, no. Yeah. Infinite pain. That's why you never you never want to get a sad, torn asshole. 
whatever you do, keep a torn asshole happy. Yeah. All right. Don't let it dwell. It's like it's like the movie Speed. Yeah. Right? But instead of letting the, the not letting the bus get over get under fifty miles oh, an hour, Christ. it's not letting the, your asshole get sadder than like. Uh, like the the closing episode of a sitcom that you didn't really like oh like or maybe like you don't no sadder than that episode of Futurama where the dog waited for oh that fuck that's pretty sad yeah that is pretty sad so (laughs) there's some leeway there But, you know, there's things like that. You could accidentally hear news. Also, Alison, I think we've forgotten a key point that all this is taking place in a universe (laughs) where anuses could cry salty tears. Yeah, well, I suppose. (laughs) But you're right if you accept that. Well, it doesn't necessarily have to be salty tears. It could be acidic tears. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. I I apologise, Alistair. Sometimes... This is going to be disgusting. I don't know if our audience wants this stuff. But do you sometimes do a shit that feels like it is a bit acidic? You're like, this has got an edge to it that it shouldn't have. An edgy shit. That's actually the new frontier for edginess. Yeah. Because it's kind of leaving comedy a lot. But now Mm. it's Mm. kind of mostly in shit. (laughs) Thick shits, uh, acidic shits. Obviously, very spicy shits. Mm. Um, so this is sorry s- shits that come side on. They just, come through side just, rather than forward. Just quickly, Alistair. Yeah. Just, what are we talking about again? Is this in some kind of? I don't understand. Okay, edgy comedy. I, 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 you lost me when you left edgy comedy, and now it's edgy shits. Is it comedy about shits, or are we literally talking about shits that are themselves? Edgy and pushing boundaries. Yeah, they're pushing boundaries. And making a lot of people uncomfortable, but I don't care. I don't give a shit. Yeah. Actually, I do. I do. And that's what this is. Good night. It's an uncomfortable shit. Yeah. Wow. Anyway, look, I'm... <laughs> um, so what? what you know, from what we've said is an acceptable sketch idea? I can't even remember the first thing. Oh, the hair T-shirt and maybe the advertising. I think, yeah, I think, like, the male pattern baldness is a good angle for that to go down. Yeah. It could even be a totally separate thing if the hair T-shirt turns out to be too much of a liability, but I, I don't think so. Sure, think. look, I mean, look, it, if if we can't go down the, you know, it, the, 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 the hair T-shirt works if we mm. have, like, at least seven minutes. Great thing is that a lot of tennis you see from above as well. You know, oh, you're yeah. You're up in the stand, you've got your cameras up there. Mm-hmm. Bird's eye view. Nobody's doing that. Nobody's putting their mm. advertising up there. Nobody. Yeah, no. And it's there, it's a lot of wasted space. Think of who you who you're marketing to. It's a lot of like People tennis and birds. Yeah, it's a lot of pl- tennis players, sort of ancestors that are going to miss out. Like you know, kids down the road, down 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 the line, who aren't as successful as their you know great grandfather or whatever, but are really hoping for a lot of inheritance. It's those kids. You know, it's that little bit of extra money that the that the the, the tennis great grandfather could have made with that with that sort of tennis hair. Mm. I mean, the the t-shirt hair. This is, you, Alice. Like you're absolutely right. You you you're you're letting down mm. future generations of tennis great grandchildren if you don't yeah. if you don't do this. Absolutely, yeah. And I think that's a good way to live your life is to. Uh, it's not. 
it's not your your kids that you're letting down. Mm. It's because you're when you don't make a lot of money, like when you make a, when you make a fair bit of money. Let's say you make under a million dollars in your life, mm. uh, you know that's left over. That goes to your kids, mm. right? Sure, and they'll be fine. They'll be fine, but it's you kind of need like ten million or mm. a billion dollars to really reach for some of that money to reach your great grandchildren. Yeah. I think like a lot of people say things like, well, how much money is enough to these rich people who mm. keep earning more and more money? You yeah. know, how much do you need? And, you know, if you know, I think I think it'd be great, a great legacy to leave is like, well, I want to not just set up my children or my grandchildren. Mm. I want a future species that evolves from my genetic pool. Yeah. To still be able to live comfortably yeah. off my off my money. And when Warren Buffett gives away his fortune to charity, mm. like that, that's who he's he's taking away the opportunity for a future species who evolved from his original from Warren Bu- Buffett Buffett sperm, mm. things like that. Uh, he's ruining their chance at survival. That it's it's it is amazing to think that like I, I, the idea, and I think this could be a sketch mm. in uh, in a like a set in like a wildlife documentary sort of a context mm-hmm. or something. Like you always hear, like, "Oh, this animal lives off a um, uh, microscopic algae that it filters out of the water system," whereas this animal lives off the inheritance of its, you know, such and such. There you and go. Such. Yeah, it could so be tr- something like a trust fund species. Sure, something that's probably deep in the ocean, maybe. Yeah. You know, like there's no light here. But <laughs> they are able to subsist, subsist entirely <laughs> on a well-invested uh, fund that was set up for them by by the their great 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 grandfather who was involved in the oil industry. Yeah, at a time when it was just starting to boom. Well, I mean, you know, if we're talking about prehistoric species, a lot of them were involved in the oil industry very early on when they died, and their bodies became the oil that we um, we now burn for oil. Alistair, um, I think uh, I, I would like to find some other, you know, versions of that. Like, you know, like a like a species that lives off royalties from a popular song that they wrote or something mm. like that. Or yeah, That's fun. I um, think we could, you know, and the great thing about this, Alistair, you just get a bit of footage of any old animal. Sure. You just put a new voiceover on it. Crickets. Crickets, great. Yeah, I know. Crickets have bad connotations. Do they? Ah, that they're bored. That's true. You know? In comedy terms. In comedy terms. If comedy had an enemy, do you think it would be crickets? If they had an enemy? Comedy. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I guess I would. I guess enemy number one, Mm. uh, Osama bin Laden. (laughs) Enemy number two, crickets. Yeah, but we got got that Osama We got Osama, yeah. We got him. I yeah. guess now crickets. So now it's just crickets. It would be amazing if we worked our way down the ten, mo- like the most wanted international criminal lists, mm. to the point where it was just, you know, things that kind of instead of things that have committed horrific crimes against humanity or against our people or whatever, it is um, just things that annoy us now, like the top mm-hmm. ten, you know, Interpol worst criminals of all time are. Number one, people who play their phones loud on the train. On the train, yeah. I know that's a real obvious hack comedy one there. Well, hack comedy is number two. Wow. Okay, so they're coming for me. Yeah. 
hack just comedy as soon as they ideas. Get rid of those guys on the train. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So once we get rid of that, and that's a big problem because that's sure. we're we're going for, you know, enemy number one. Mm-hmm. So you're you're lucky that you've got a bit of time left. You might even, you know, you might even. I might see out the year. You might even see out the year. Maybe even get to see your kid's five-year birthday. Um, uh, there could also be one, an, an animal that lives off charm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, let's see. Some kind Coasting of Coasting like, on its looks. Maybe like that, um, that shy loris. I was thinking of exactly the shy loris. That's the one with the huge eyes, right? Yeah. And the quite long fingers. Yeah, maybe? and apparently poison in their teeth. So they have people. No way. I think maybe people have to get their teeth removed to to have them as pets, and it's a pretty horrible existence. Oh. Poison in their teeth. I think so. Maybe. So they look so beautiful like that with their big eyes. You want to kiss them. You go in. You kiss them. You put in a bit of tongue kiss. They bite you on the tongue. And you're dead. And they feed feed on your body. Uh, if not your body, then some grapes that maybe you've left on nearby. <laughs> you, know? Um, you know, maybe just supplies, maybe oats mm. or something. Yeah, oats, grapes. Yeah, or just like a nice, like leaf or something, something green. Oh. They probably love, you know. Combination of oats and grapes has really rubbed me the wrong way. I'm really? sorry for some reason. Yeah, I find that really repulsive. You know what I really like that I've come up with by myself? What else? Is the combination of walnuts and apple. I don't think you've come up with that yourself. In yeah. fact, that is the pretty key combination of, I'm pretty sure, the Waldorf salad, one of the most famous salads. <laughs> I've never heard of that salad. Waldorf salad. There's a there's an episode of Faulty Towers, which is almost exclusively about the Waldorf salad. I'd I believe never, it's called the Waldorf salad. I'd never watch, I'd never watch that, that show because I've heard it's garbage. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> People have nothing but good, bad things. Fuck. <laughs> People have nothing but bad things. I, okay, to say look, I have seen most towers, of Faulty yeah. Towers, but I do have to say that the praise for it is probably at this stage a little bit out of proportion. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? That like praising things like that almost becomes like a sport or mm. becomes like a way to prove your own worth. Like once it reaches a certain position in the comedy or like whatever kind of, like talking about Donald Bradman. Yeah. You know, like every cricketer now has to talk about how great Donald Bradman was. Yeah, even though they they never would have seen him play, maybe no. uh, he, they weren't alive during a time of him. I don't know. It's just this weird. Yeah, look, Faulty Towers. It's like it's old. It's a bit racist. It's a bit like it's pretty pretty racist. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. you know, it's like it's like okay, it's a lot of yelling, getting really upset. It's okay. It's not. Mm. not He's got really not, long legs, which is quite good. There's not there's not a lot of nuance. It but you know what? There's some funny lines. Oh, it's 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 amazing. <laughs> yeah. It's the best show ever. It's the greatest show of all it. time. There's nothing love it. better that's ever been. I, I think I like it. I think I like it more than you and I think I appreciate probably I think the thing is that I appreciate it better and more than you could appreciate yeah. it because I'm better at appreciating well great comedy. I appreciate you. Oh wow. And uh and I'm not necessarily better than you at appreciating. I just like appreciating you. And uh, and I hope that in the future we can work together again. And It's not going to happen. Did I win? Yeah, I think yeah? you did. Yes. You, got, you, you, you came through with a bit of magnanimity at the yeah. end there, and Alistair. Not and needing bloody got you across win. the line. So they're not needing to not win. Not needing to win. Yeah, that's yeah. how you win. That's the real Everest. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. That's how you win. 
<laughs> Beat ya. You idiot. Hey, could you could you have something like that in terms of like a competition where the real competition is not needing it? Like, mm-hmm. like I th- you, you get the sense that a, a, a few professional tennis players like, like Bernard Tomics or Nick Kyrgios, they have got this line in if they don't win a match, they talk about how they weren't really trying and mm. they don't really care about tennis and that sort of thing. And that's their way. And I understand it's a defense strategy because they're probably young, vulnerable, insecure men. Sure. But it's, it's a way to try and get pro- prove that you're still a winner because yeah. you didn't need to win. Yeah. So the winning didn't matter. The winning has no value. Yeah. And therefore you win on some other. Well, I didn't. Yeah, it's like, look, if I tried, obviously I still would have mm. won. But I wasn't trying, and therefore he won. He beat a much lesser player than who I am. I think, yeah, yeah. Mm. I, the, the, so I think it'd be good to have, like, maybe maybe like the, the press conference after a match or something as, as its own form of sport. Yeah. Maybe. Oh, I, I kind of keep... But then do you kind of need two losers, really? Two people who have lost the match. It kind of happens, like, at the end of kids' shows where, like... Um, kids' comedy shows, you mean? Like, like no, just kind of kids' shows. So let's say, like, there's an episode of Yo Gabba Gabba where they accidentally drop their... Um, they accidentally drop their doll in the water, right? Yes. And it goes underwater, um, and they're like, oh, no! But then a mermaid comes up and she's like, oh, well, I can help you go and find it. Let's go. I'll show you. I'll show you the whole world down there. And then, you know, she takes the down world, uh, you know, the underwater world. Mm. And then she introduces them to her mother, who's like the queen of the underwater world. Mm. Right. And she's like, oh, well, we're about to have a dance competition. (laughs) And the prize is this thing here. And it's the doll. That they dropped. Yeah, That they dropped. And then they're like, oh, well... Okay, maybe we could join the dance competition. She's like, "Oh, I'm not gonna let you in the dance competition. You're not from under here." And then they're like, "Wait, no, we gotta let everybody dance, and that's a nice thing." Anyway, at the end, it's not the person who danced the best who wins the doll. It's the person who goes, "There is no winner. It doesn't matter who wins." In the end, it's like, "Look, it's just about having fun and, and getting to dance." And then she's like, "Oh, well, because you said that, you win, right?" But what if? There was more than one person who who still wanted the, yeah. the doll then. Yeah. And so then they would try and out. They would have to try to, like, mm. go the next level. Which would be what? Well, you know, it's but it's not about whether or not we win the dance competition or whether or not we have a good time. Mm. The important thing is that we don't pollute the environment while we're doing it. That's right. Yeah, or it's not really about even claiming responsibility for not polluting or for you know being the person who you know yeah. who says that we sh- we shouldn't compete and have and we should just have fun it's just about being and finding comfort in just that you go oh you win <laughs> but it's not about what is and what isn't because there's no difference between existence and non-existence because mm. because we're all just a type of energy and there's energy in the vacuum <laughs> between things as well and and that's 
that's why that oh, doesn't. Oh, I think I'm gonna give him the doll then. I'm gonna give it to Jim Carrey. Is that? Oh, that's the kind of thing Jim Carrey. That's the kind says. of stuff he's saying at the moment. Yeah, you win, Jim Carrey. Do you think um, that's what Jim Carrey's trying to do? Since he discovered he couldn't win an Oscar, he's, he's a, trying to prove that there is no existence. I think. I think trying to out waffle everybody else. Mm. Um, posy waffle. Oh. It's positive waffling that makes yes. it sound like you're just trying to come up with, uh, you know, like the the, the most positive, un, un sort of. Uh, it's like it's it's judgmental, not judgmental or, and yeah. conflicting, and like there's mm. no expectations on you, and it's just about enjoying moments and things like that. It's about that. It's about finding the, the the easiest, the least you have to do, other than be and experience, which is the highest experience. Yeah, which is no experience. It's kind of it's kind of a bit of is it is that a little bit of Buddhism? Do you think that yeah. like that like. And, and and mindfulness and that sort of thing is really it's not doing anything at all if I'm misunderstanding it correctly, which I I think I am. <laughs> then it's you know, you don't do anything, you just sort of uh, you don't even really ex- experience your own experiences, you just sort of observe your own experiences and acknowledge them. I think you don't that. even observe your own experiences. You observe the process of observing that's yourself, observing your own yeah. experiences. Yeah. You're not even you're not even the observer. You observe the observer. I realized that wanting to be at peace was a kind of hunger, and, you know, kind of wanting of something and suffering. And, yeah, and, so, and, and that's why I don't want that. Anymore. So now all I do I'm is trying I just, to give that up. I'm just trying to close my eyes, not wanting to, but I'm just trying to let the weight of oh, my eyelids, the of my eyelids, <laughs> just kind of close my eyes like that. And I don't, I don't sort of try to keep my mouth closed because I think that would be wanting in some way. Uh, that I just kind of fall to the ground. Yeah, and then I don't, I don't like this the craving that kind of comes from. Not breathing, so I kind of just try and let, just try and let the air just come in and out of my lungs. I thought just let the natural process take over. Yeah, and I just tell you, ants would love this. Yeah, because then they could start eating your flesh. Yeah, well, they'd just be in your mouth, getting your moisture. Getting, they could go into your gut, get any food, get some food out. Yeah, because I guess other people would have to be feeding you. Come over instead of just put you know the occasional spoonful of mush in your mouth. We're, we're spending a lot of money trying to invent tiny machines that can go into our bodies and heal cells and that sort of thing. Yes. You know, get rid of cancer, that sort of thing. Sounds like something ants could do. Yeah, we could bioengineer ants to be smaller, first of all. Yeah, or ask to be bigger. I or big, yeah, that's true. That's a good idea, Andy. Yeah, it would be great. It'd be like, why are we trying to build tiny robots? Let's just make us enormous and use regular-sized robots. That's a great idea. Well, you just um, why, why do we have to shrink somebody down? I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. To we inject could, them into your bloodstream, why can't you be a giant? 
Yeah. And then a regular doctor can That's, go in there see, with a knife. Andy, this is a startup where you're disrupting the nanotechnology industry. <laughs> by, <laughs> I'm looking at it from a different angle. Yeah, you're taking the macro humanity <laughs> angle. <laughs> the the giganto human. Uh, carbon nanotubes. Hello. Why not just a big wooden stick? Yeah. How about just a like a PVC pipe? Yeah. And then everything else is just bigger than that still. Or you could just use those big concrete pipes that they use to like, you know, channel rivers and things like that. There you go. Just make yourself really big, really big. I reckon we could get at least first round funding for this. Oh, so. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's some very empowering bullshit. Um, empower, embo, embu. I think, I think we'll create... And this is slightly unrelated. This is going back a little bit. We'll create a philosophy um, of of mind. It's yep. called Embu, E M B U, which is short for empowering bullshit. Yeah, great. And Embu. Embu. Yeah, it's just got that sound. Mm. Right. That it's got the M. It's got the boo. Yeah. It's got the the, the interplay between the two. That's right. <laughs> It's got the M, it's got the boo, it's got, got the, the interplay, interplay between, between the, the two. two. M and the boo. Interplay between the two. Um, this is my favorite episode. Is it really? Yeah, I'm having a really good time. Oh, okay, great. Yeah, no, that wasn't even any sarcasm. It, no, but, but, but it's just like such a strong thing to say. Yeah, empower. Okay, so so where are we going with M, boo? Um, I don't know. I don't know. Like... Uh, well, maybe, maybe the maybe empowering, maybe Embu yeah. empowering bullshit is quite explicit about where well, you just believe whatever you want to believe in the moment to make you feel good, mm. right? Yeah, and you just tell yourself what you you need to hear to justify the way you behave. I think a lot of it would just be in the the tone that you say mm. things. So I think you could just keep saying yeah, talk, talking about yeah. other things, but you could say like, like I think I just want a glass of water. And you go like, yeah, yeah. That's Embu. Yeah, that's Embu, man. Yeah. Yeah, so right you gotta, on. So you've got to follow that one, right? Yeah, I think you've got the glass of water. Yeah. Like, I think you've already got it, and it's, like, in you. And, like, like I think I want a glass of water, and it's already in me. You go, yeah. But then are they actually going to get glasses of water, or? They could. I think they should, because it's not, <laughs> it's not explicitly bullshit, Alistair. Like... The way you're talking, it's okay. almost meaningful. Oh, right? you're right. Like, <laughs> well, is it? I thought it was complete bullshit. <laughs> it it was, but it's 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 not explicitly an bullshit enough, right? Because, wow. Yeah, because I think Embu is uh, is is more like in your face about the fact that it just tells you what you want to hear, mm. right, and tells you that what you want and what you're doing is. Is fine. Is fine and right. And right, yeah. Sure, and but then, but then, do you need to? And look, maybe this is not in in Embu philosophy, mm. but like, do you need to sort of prepare for in case the person sort of changes their mind on what they want to do? So you don't want them to feel bad if they change their mind. So let's say they go, yeah, man, I think I just need like a like a roast beef sandwich, and you're like, yeah, right on, bro, you can totally <laughs> get that. Go get. It. But if you don't get it. Hey, I think that's great. Yeah, yeah. But 
you should get that sandwich yeah. until you don't want it. And then that's your Embu telling you that's, don't yeah. get that sandwich. Yeah. And if, like, while you're eating it, you want to, like, add some fries to it or something like that, that's you. Yeah. That's you. And that's you. right. And no. that's you yeah. doing what you need to do mm. to be the best you yeah. that you can be right now. Yeah. And if you accidentally, like, break one of your teeth while biting through, like, like an olive that was in there that was unpitted accidentally... That'll be perfect for you, I think. No, I think but I think I think I think that's that's <laughs> because then they'd say, but that's that's because of the people out there who you should sue, who are trying to stop you from living your best life, right? Because there's a lot of you know uh, emotional vampires or whatever it is of people who are trying to stop you from living your best life, and that's why you need to sue those cunts. Well, I see. I think you've got a be- like you've got a real deep understanding of Embu that I. <laughs> I don't think I've quite reached the mastery of yet, which is why I keep saying things that aren't... That, that are wrong and this thing that we're making up together. Yeah. I'm able to tell you that when you're not doing it right. Well, I mean, right? I think I think that you've actually had a... You ha- you've had a little bit more time, probably like... like a, you had about 30 seconds on me to actually really think about yeah. what Embu is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and that's why... In this, in this sort of field that's existed for roughly two and a half minutes... That's that's actually a, that's a huge advantage, and that's why I you can see a guy like me, yeah, flailing yeah. and sort of s- trying to. I've get got a, my I've footing. got roughly twice as much experience with Embu as as you have, Alistair. Yeah. And um, should I just hey, write down Embu? Okay. But and yeah. but I won't like I won't go right beyond. Well, Embu. I don't think you're qualified to write any of the details. Am I spelling no. it right? E M B U. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, empowering bullshit. Okay, and right. I didn't. I wasn't hundred percent sure on no, that. No, and then and then I guess we have a bunch of pamphlets that just are sort of a bunch of contradictory or you know a lot of qualifications and caveats. But I I I I I a thing that I'm always always draws my attention is when some kind of philosophy like that does talk very negatively about the people in your life who are trying to stop you, who are trying to, like, slow you down or, you know, suck your energy or, you know, basically just another way of saying haters. Well, yeah, that's, you know, that's entirely like it's the beginning of cult behavior where it's Mm. like it's trying to extract you from from the other people in your life that are going to take you away from this ideology. Yeah. Yeah. Isolate you. Yeah, isolate. But in a... but now, now I'm I'm questioning everything else there because I feel like Embu, in a way, would also say that those people are just following their Embu, but it's taking them away from you. That's great. I think that's okay. Yeah. Now I know that there's isolating. Yeah. Right, which is where you take somebody and you move them away from sort of other data points or mm. whatever. But then, if, what about like isolating somebody? <laughs> where you that's made... where you move them equidistant from two other data points. <laughs> yeah, or. Yeah, I think that's probably better than <laughs> trying to find a way to make them into a triangle. No, uh, or if you can, can you make them into a triangle? I suppose the way that you would isolate somebody is by putting them in a sort of position where your 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 legs kind of bend out. So you know you're kneeling, mm. but then your le- your knees are kind of touching, and your feet are going outward mm. like that. And then you get your hand- arms down and you get them to touch your toes. Yeah. And, and I think maybe that's the closest to isolating yourself that you that could do. That sounds really painful. Yeah, you don't want to do it. This <laughs> went off the rails once I started talking about isolating. Um, I think, you know, it's a... Uh, I think the triangle is a very strong shape. Yeah. 
Andy, earlier, I mean, I think this is in the last episode, you mentioned something about um, about a philosophy podcast and that they kept mentioning giraffes a lot. Mm. You said it was really hard. What do you think is the hardest thing about giraffes? Um, I guess, like, imagining from an evolutionary point of view their trajectory. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. What about you? Like, you I guess I physically guess, hard. I, well, I mean, it could be. I guess I always picture maybe the end of that little antenna is pretty hard. Yeah, I guess also their knees. I feel like they probably kneel down pretty hard. You know, like when they're kneeling, they yeah. go down thunk, on those knees, and they knew. would get real worn and hard. So in that'd the be knee. the hardest part. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe like no, I reckon probably like the hardest part would be that part where the neck meets the body. That's got to be thick, doesn't it? I think probably the hardest part would be saying goodbye. Yeah. You know, the, like to, to a giraffe. To a giraffe, like when yeah. you really got very close to them. To a buck. To a buck. Because yeah. also, you, you know that it would be harder to kind of get in with the with the buck than it would be mm. with mm. with maybe one. You know, if if I guess if they had a, a multi female kind of thing, they'd probably recognize you as male. Yeah. And see you as a challenger to. Mm. To the female herd. So once you've got close to them, it's more work. So that's it's, what makes it so hard it's to get more, away. Well, it's more work to get in, but I think you're in deeper once you're in with a male Right, giraffe. once you get past their defences. Yeah. <laughs> then I think, you know, they probably don't let a lot of people in because yeah. they, can't, they can't relax because it's, um, it's all just, you know, making sure no males steal your girls. Well, then I think maybe the hardest part probably then is when you later on, after you've said goodbye to that buck, Mm. form another relationship with another buck yeah and you realize that you could have formed this relationship with any buck and that the first relationship wasn't as meaningful as you thought it was yeah and that actually we're all just sort of bobbing around in a sea of probabilities encountering who we encounter but the individual connections are interchangeable and ultimately not as meaningful as you know the framework that you'd built around them yeah right it would be the hardest part well then maybe then the the even hardest part yeah would be like the later realization oh yeah that actually although interchangeable uh hypothetically yeah. all those experiences that you had <laughs> due to the limited amount of time there are only so many uh experiences and bonds mm. that you can form and therefore each one is important because it plays a part in a huge fraction of the percentage of time that you spend here and they're your only chance at experiences. Right, and your earlier realisation actually meant that you didn't experience those connections as deeply as you should have. Yeah. And that's why you feel... The hardest thing is... Empty. The hardest thing is not making the most of the whole experience. Either that or the hoops. And actually, yeah, or... (laughs) That's good. Um, I would actually say the most important thing is... It's not about who wins the dance competition. Yeah. 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 It's it's that you just had fun and that you didn't have to worry about all these overthinking things. That's right. Hey, Al, we've got five sketch ideas. Do you want to... Oh, but hang on. We have something else special for you, don't we? We have uh, three words from a listener uh, that has been provided for us to come up with a sketch idea based upon... Do you know the name of the listener, Alistair? Oh, Jesus. You didn't um, write that down, no, did you? Wait, I, yeah. The half an hour you took before this podcast, fucking around with your fucking phone and the pen yeah. and 
It's Sam Evans. Sam Evans has given us three words, and his words are... Hog, flower, doom. I just love the phrase hog flower. Yeah, hog flower, absolutely. Well, obviously there's the chance that we get to the end of the the hog flower species. There's Mm. one hog flower left. It's it's a flower that's kind of not that dissimilar from the orchid. You know those little twirly things they have at the bottom of yeah, the orchid? Yeah. It twirls around resembling a, a snout. A snout or a pig's tail even, you know, a little, yeah, absolutely. little corkscrew little tail. Well, maybe it's, it's, its stem is a corkscrew, corkscrew oh, wow, stem. Oh, wow, corkscrew stem, a little nose. Yeah. And, and also it, the, it's the, the, the weird thing about this hog flower is that it smells, but it's not that it has a smell, it's that it actively smells. <laughs> Yeah. And it's, we're losing the last of the species of flowers that smell. My hog flower has no nose. How does it smell? Actively. Actively. <laughs> because it uses some plant form of smelling, mm. which involves sort of particles landing on a... What's that? What's that stamen. Part? A stamen is exactly mm. the word I was looking for. Yeah. Um, um, I, do you... Uh, what, what, what about... Because I... I Stop me if I'm wrong, Alistair, but I don't see immediately a sketch in that as a as a as a thing. I guess it's more about the guy, the the botanist who's trying to inform the world about the importance of this flower and saying that there is only one left. But you know, I, and then talking about how silly the flower is. Yeah, I think I think I think that could be more heightened mm. if the flower was quite annoying in some way. Like if if the flower itself was because. Because I think, you know, it's hard to get... Uh, when we've talked about this on the podcast before, mm. it's hard to get people interested in the, in the extinction of animals that are, like, small or boring or yeah. something like that. But what about ones that are sort of irritating yeah. or obnoxious even, right? Yeah. So if the if the hog flower was almost like a male chauvinist pig, if the... If the yeah, that's actually where my mind had just gone. Yeah, right. That it was actually, like, it was kind of sexually harassing everybody. <laughs> God, yeah, okay, and you know we talk like a like a flower, like a field of flowers that when you walk past, all the flowers lean over to brush up against you. Yeah, yeah, they do it in a real sleazy way. Yeah, and it's a it's a real weed that sort of takes over very Mm. quickly, Mm. and people don't want to go have to pull it out because it's because of the advances. Yeah, and you're left makes. feeling dirty, I guess. Yeah, it's very all, horrible. It's kind of sweaty. It's the only, it's the only it's plant that sweats. sweats. <laughs> and then it has stubble. <laughs> oh. oh, well, I mean, this is problematic. This but, is absolutely pro- problematic. Uh, but, but, I, uh, but I like this. The only good thing about this flower is that it's, it's very egalitarian. That is nice. Animal, yeah. uh, male, female... Mm-hmm. Um, even other plants. Yeah, it it actually smothers all the other plants with affection, unwanted affection. And but then I then I do think it is also good to have the botanist trying to make the case that we should be protecting this plant, <laughs> right? That like it has been through some sort of campaign, has been um, sort of driven to. To, to near extinction again, a common theme on the podcast, but that they are 
trying mm. to defend this thing and maybe they're going on chat shows and the plant is being quite obnoxious. They take a plant with them in a pot plant. Yeah. The plant's being quite obnoxious. It's getting all over the host. Getting all over the host. And the person trying to defend this plant is like tarred by association. Yeah. They cop a lot of backlash when really all they're trying to do is protect this species. What do you, what do you have to say about these plants are... are sort of starting to surround our schools and they're, you know, they're starting to sort of oh. rub their sweaty stubble on our children. And Well, obviously I've never said that the plant should be allowed to grow everywhere. I just think that it's important that we mm. keep, you know, this, uh, this part of the ecosystem alive. We don't know what's going to happen if we get rid of this. There could be even worse plants that are being kept in bay. For example, it's the only flower that smells, actively smells, <laughs> and it comes in and it smells your hair. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you you lean in for a sniff to smell the plant, and the plant goes. <laughs> oh yeah! Uh, <laughs> it's also the only flower that groans. It's more of a moan, moan and groan. Um, yeah, I think that's I think that's good. Now the doom is that so maybe like he has to propose some kind of. Um, well, the doom represents the fact that it's about to be extinct. Right? It's about to be extinct, but maybe he has to provide propose some kind of like biodome where it goes, or maybe some kind of like. No, it's doom, not dome, Alistair. Doom, sorry, biodoom. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, if biodoom hasn't already been used as the headline in an article about uh, environmental collapse, what are they doing? Or, you know, I think. Are you disappointed with all writers in the yeah, world? Yeah, I think I am. All it's of a, them collectively. I'd good. like to go around individually, just sigh. Well, if any writers we'll start here, with you, Alistair. start telling all the others. <sighs> I still don't consider myself a writer. Yeah, really. But I just write jokes. Yeah, what Mostly. is that? Nothing. What is that? Nothing. It's and nothing. then I work with some TV pilots and yeah. uh, some podcast pilots. And this is a podcast. I'm not writing any of that. No. That's anyway, true. Um, and. I'll take thing. you. I'm gonna. I'm gonna yep. run you okay, through the ideas. Okay, run us sketches. Okay, good. Um, we got the hair T-shirt idea, um, which is a. <laughs> yeah. Did, did you come up with this idea when you heard the expression "wearing a hair shirt"? Absolutely not. I have okay. no idea what that means. That is to. Do, that is the thing that like the monks used to do. They used to wear like quite a scratchy, uncomfortable shirt. Oh, so nice. that they were constantly uncomfortable, as some sort of. Offering to God. Jesus Christ. I know. Get your lives together. Um, just do something. It's you just know? a haircut. Go read a book or something. Like, it's not something dumb like that, Andy. This is just a haircut <laughs> that is shaped to look like you've got a toddler's t shirt on your head. Right? And, uh, and what this does is the, the, when it becomes really popular, is when tennis players realize that they can get around some of those logo laws about how big a logo you can have on your T-shirt by putting a logo on their hair T-shirt. Mm. Uh, and then they convince another company to change their logo to male pattern baldness. And then... They can anyway. sneak their logo into tennis matches. Yeah. And even in the stands, there'll be people in the stands... That's right. ...who aren't wearing baseball caps who you'll be able to see. Yeah. I mean, that would make people take their baseball caps off. If they yeah. knew that they could... And can Tracked skin diseases on their head <laughs> in the sun. Yeah, I know, but for good. And then you change your dogs. logo to be a skin disease. There you go. On a bald. Probably some head. young, some young, uh, irreverent startup would do that. Yeah. 
Anyway, then we have an underwater species that subsists off of its ancestors' inv uh, investments. Another creature that um, lives off of royalties from a song, and another that lives off of its charm. Yeah, just off of charm. All these creatures that live in very, uh, you know, environmentally difficult places. Probably a creature, maybe even that lives in space. What about one that lives off welfare fraud? Oh yeah, that's good. Yeah, like it. Uh, it's a. It's a sort of a. It's a Mexican walking fish, right? But it's a Mexican pretends it has trouble walking fish. Oh, we see. Yeah. Right? It has a little crutch. The Mexican limp fish. Yeah. <laughs> limping fish. Limping fish. A limping fish. Mm. A limpet? The limp. The limpings. Uh, why don't they call? <laughs> oh, no. Don't finish it, Andy. No. Well, how, do I have to now? Everybody already knows what it is. But do I have to say it to just. Make it worse somehow? No. Okay, good. I don't know. If you don't know what it is, text. Then that yeah. way nobody can cut it out. You just had the thought, Andy. You can't be you can't be you can't be vilified for having a thought. That's right. Maybe you can. <laughs> Pretty strongly um, alluding to it. Yeah. There's out posy waffling to get doll back. So that's you know the thing where you try to out find a deeper meaning for mm. something to score something. And so like this, in this case, it would be trying to win a doll back, let's say at the bottom of the sea from the mermaid queen, but it doesn't have to be. You can... It could be something else. It could be something else. What we've just created here is a is a, is a sketch template on which you can apply this skin to almost any scenario mm. in which an object needs to be gotten back from a person of authority. Yes, like a mermaid. Like a mermaid queen <laughs> under the sea. But it could work sort of in a garbage pile mm. from, from some kind of like the gar a garbage uncle. Mm. And you're trying to get back the one fork, the one unbroken fork. <laughs> You've got a garbage uncle as being a position of authority? In the garbage world. In the context of yeah, garbage. In the context of a, hier a hierarchic... A garbage society. Oh, which we came up with on a previous podcast. I, I know, believe. but it's not that one. I'm talking about humans who live in a garbage pile, mm. orphans who yep. are living in a garbage pile, and the uncle is the only surviving ancestor. Right. <laughs> Ugh, I'm sorry to have explained everything. <laughs> then we've got dis disrupting the nanotechnology industry by making us way bigger. I'm pretty amazed we wrote that down. Yeah, me too. Yeah. There was actually one in between hair t-shirt and underwater species that I didn't write down. There's maybe even two. Wow. That I think they were funny enough to write down, but we didn't. Yeah. Then obviously there, we've got Embu, which is empowering bullshit, which is Andy's. The, exclusively I know what is a, <laughs> what counts as a form of that. All right? I'm not going to tell anybody, but you can suggest things to me and I'll shut them down if yeah. they're wrong. Okay. Um, there's the hardest part of the giraffe. <laughs> we wrote that down as yeah. a sketch. I mean, oh, it's, man. It's, it's a, you know, I think it could just be, it's a philosophical essay, maybe more so than, um, than it is a full sketch. But I think it's still a philosophical essay sketch. I think. Uh, it's like ancient Greeks discussing it, mm, figuring it out. Yeah, you're right. I think that'd be, that's a great for us, that's a great format. We just get some togas 
We just sit around. So cheap to find a dirty area. Dirty area. They just sat around in the dirt, didn't yeah, they, with they their just, togas? Why nothing. is it so dirty if they're wearing like a long dress? Yeah, why are they dragging in white the dirt? White. It's just crazy. So much dust in the everywhere. dirt and dust. Ugh. Anyway. Wear black togas at least. I guess the, the sort of light brown dirt would still come up. Wear a light brown <laughs> dirt brown toga. Dirt toga. But Where also make it shorter. Right? Why does the toga have to come down to the ground? Have it come down to just sort of the mid thigh? Just why not just a bikini? Yes. A it light can, brown, a light brown unisex bikini. <laughs> Socrates is never depicted in a light brown unisex bikini. If he was so smart, yeah. he would have worked this out himself. Maybe yeah. that's how he was corrupting the young. That's all he was suggesting: the light brown unisex bikini. Yeah. It was a needy bitty, <laughs> teeny weeny, light brown unisex bikini. <laughs> They gave, <laughs> they gave Socrates drugs to kill him for corrupting the young for suggesting this. Eeny weeny teeny. Oh. It, it stains don't come up all that easy. <laughs> Pretty difficult to clean. <laughs> oh no, much more easy. Much more easier to clean. <sighs> and then we have the chauvinist plank. Plant, which is the hog flower, which is a uh, sort of a it's a plant that sort of it comes comes on to you yeah. all the time. Rather than moving towards the sun, it moves towards any other living thing. Yeah, and comes on to them, creeps all over them. It's really like awful. like like following the if I was the sun and sunflowers were following me around all day, mm-hmm. I'd feel. Pretty uncomfortable about that, yeah. to be honest. And it's basically the plant version of the sunflower, but <laughs> but it makes sentence hasn't started well, Alistair. <laughs> Hope you can stick the landing. Come on, buddy, but, you can do this. But it it makes a person feel how oh. the sun feels about sunflowers, except that this flower sweats and stubble. <laughs> Smells your actively, hair, actively, and groans. <laughs> and it's not like the is that Dave plant which we came up with in a previous episode because it doesn't look like a man; it just yeah. acts like one. Yeah, which is this is more like a like a creeping sort of like a, you know one of those plants that creeps up a wall, but it creeps along the ground. Yeah, and up creeper. your leg. Well. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to Two in the Think Tank. Um, we, oh, far out! It was good. Yeah, far out was good. I had a really good time. Alistair really... said it was a good episode at some point. I don't know if he time. was telling the truth. I was actually telling. I the was truth. having a really good time. I was telling the truth. I think it came after a, a, an awkward pause, but I still meant it regarding the episode. Great. Still stands. It still stands as a genuine opinion. And thank you for the three word suggestions. Do you think that the reason the that life began mm-hmm. was because it had been so there, there'd been no life and it had just been quiet for so long, there'd been such a long pause that life had to begin 
just so somebody could say something to, to break the silence. Break the ice. Break the ice. You know what's crazy? Awkward. At about at about nine thirty AM this morning, I had that thought. No. But with regards to the beginning of the universe. Like about like oh maybe the universe started to kind of like break the awkward silence. That is, I was con- I was tossing up when I started my sentence between that option and the one about the start of life. I think one of us has to kill ourselves because <laughs> because we're no longer even being we're not two individual people. No, it's largely redundant. We could one of us could disappear, get crushed in like a garbage compactor, yeah. and then we could just clone the other. And then the other, you know, if 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 our families miss us, it, and they could just take over. Do you think? Yeah. Okay, I guess that would be fine. Yeah. If it, I guess, or they could if, clone if, me from my sort of mushy uh, dead yeah. body. But I mean, yeah, only if everyone's okay with it. Yeah, but also not. I don't want them to clone my mushy dead body and then clone <laughs> create another mushy dead body. I meant like oh. create like a living version of me. Sure, sure. Um, that that's that's really uncanny and weird. I think that is a sketch idea though as well. That yeah. like life started to, to break the silence, um, which is crazy because, like, we would have had to wait so long as well before language evolved and people were actually able to say something. But, mm. I mean, I guess you just got to get started. You got to do something, yeah. Just yeah. get the ball rolling. Mm. That little unicellular. That's why you, cells look like are circular. Yeah. Often. <laughs> get the ball rolling. Yeah. Um, so you can find us on Twitter at yeah. 2 in Tank. I'm um, at Stupid Old Andy. Um and I'm at Alistair TB. Also, I appeared on uh, some podcasts. I, I mean, I appeared on the Sans Pants Radio yeah, you've, you've, podcast. Yeah, you mentioned that on the previous On the previous podcast. There. But Sans Pants Radio, those guys are excellent and very, very funny, and you should check out their... They've got so many podcasts, but Plumbing the Death Star with Alistair is a really good place to start if you haven't already listened to it. And I also appeared on Pop Quiz Hotshot. Yes. Uh, uh, which is a, a little quiz show where I was uh, interviewed, and it's a great podcast. You should listen to it, and uh, I'm on the most recent episode. It is really good and really funny and fun. It's a monthly podcast, and uh, they do also do another podcast called It's a Duck Blur, where they go through every episode of DuckTales. Duck Tales. It's and amazing. Think, and they finished it, and now I think they're going through Darkwing Duck. Oh, that's actually really, really good. Yeah. There's another one where the duck is a robot or something, or has a robot suit. Anyway, we'll talk about that later on. Absolutely. And we love you. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. It's not optional. You have to do it. (laughs) We used to go easy on it, but now you have to. Yeah. Yeah. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.